Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. In the last seven days, America has seen three mass shootings stretching across this country. Laguna Woods, California, Dallas, Texas, and Buffalo, New York. Innocent lives lost due to heinous acts of violence fueled by hate towards a specific ethnicity or race. We have seen too many of these acts in this country. There have been 25 in the last 10 years and five in the last five months. But how do we prevent acts of violence like this in the future? Welcome to episode 50 of Counterthought. We have seen more than 25 mass shootings in the last 10 years. And by mass shootings, I'm not talking about the the technical definition of just four or more people shot during during one shooting. I am talking about like that could happen um, in gang violence or something similar to that. I'm talking about these these sporadic random acts of violence against innocent individuals who are just going about their day, whether it be in a grocery store or a church or a school or a hair salon or a nail salon, or, you know, just, just a building, just going about their business and having, you know, nothing to do with, with the shooter, just surprised and caught off guard and attacked by a shooter. That is how I am defining mass shootings. And there have been 25 of those or more in the last 10 years. This past week, we saw three, two just this past weekend, 10 dead in Buffalo, New York, three additional people shot. Each one of the 10 dead were black Americans. And in the, in the manifesto found of that shooter, I'm not going to say his name. He's an 18 year old. I'm going to say kid but not going to say his name. He actually said that if he was going to make it out of that supermarket, that was his goal. He wanted to make it out of that supermarket. He wanted to make it out of that supermarket and continue shooting more black Americans in that Buffalo neighborhood. He had gone and done reconnaissance work to figure out where were the best locations within Buffalo. And he specifically identified that supermarket and other neighborhoods around that supermarket to kill as many black Americans as he possibly could. Thankfully, he did not get out of that supermarket. He is currently in jail in a paper jumpsuit. It means he's like on suicide watch. You know, they do not want him to take his own life because they want to get to the bottom and prosecute this 18-year-old. But he had a 150-plus page manifesto, and his ideology was rooted in this white replacement ideology. This ideology where one believes that as immigrants and other individuals come into this country, 
and whether they actually, I guess, you don't even have to be an immigrant, but if you are non-white, that you are seen as trying to replace whites. So therefore, as a white man, this this 18-year-old believes that he needs to eliminate minorities, eliminate non-whites from being in this country so that whites reign supreme. In Laguna Woods, California, at a Taiwanese church, a man who was attending a luncheon there opened fire, and it is said is because he hates the Taiwanese because he does not want Taiwan to be separate from China. A 68-year-old man opened fire. The uh, congregation that was at this luncheon at the church was able to a doctor was able to tackle him to the ground, wrestle the gun away from him, and then others were able to join in and hogtie the shooter, and he is now arrested and pending trial. In Dallas, Texas, at a Korean salon, a man walked in and said he opened and shot about 20 shots, hit three women, all Korean. None of them died, thankfully, but he is being charged with aggravated assault. I mean, I'd like to see him get more than that because he act, but we'll see how the the trial plays out. And then the New York City subway, just going back into April of last month. This man, that man, has videos online on YouTube just filled with hate, filled with racism. And then you have Waukesha... Wisconsin. Now that was not a shooting, but it did the equivalent damage. A man driving an SUV through a Christmas parade and killing multiple people, children and adults. And he is found to be racist as well. So there is this hate that is fueling these heinous acts of violence. But how do we stop future attacks such as these? Like I said, there have been more than 25 in the last 10 years. Not all of them are based upon race in the last 10 years. These last five are, these last three and four for sure. It's documented. But The quick response, the initial response, especially if you're listening to politicians, is, oh, we have to do more gun control. That's not the answer. And then the secondary response is, you know, after gun control is, oh, well, we're going to blame somebody to get some kind of political gain for ourselves. Like for Buffalo, New York, you have all of these people coming out on the left and even a few on the right that are, you know, well, Liz Cheney, she's not on the right. She's just she might as well just be out of the GOP. But blaming uh, like mainstream Republicans or Republican pundits on television for fueling on this 18-year-old's belief in this ideology, well, that is reckless and that is doing more damage. If you are serious about actually stopping future actions like this, and as I've just talked about, these were all fueled by hate, division creates hate or hate creates division 
So if you are being serious about wanting to stop future actions, then then just saying things for political gain for yourself or your party is is of no benefit. You need to just keep your mouth shut because you're just going to make things worse and you are not a serious person about actually solving this problem. But the initial talking point is, oh, guns, we got another thing for guns. You know, we got to do more gun control. That's not a serious argument. A lot of these more recent shootings, there are there's documentation online that would show or, you know, previous um, run-ins with law enforcement that would be huge red flags to say, hey, you know, we should have been able to keep better eyes on this person if they were in our custody and then were, you know, put on parole or something like that or their time in jail ended and they were back out into society. Or if they had posted things online, there should be way better ways to for social media companies, let's say, to communicate to law enforcement, like, hey, you know, we're flagging this person, look at the content that they're posting. But just saying gun, just saying gun control and more gun laws is not, not going to do the problem. These shootings are happening in states where there are hundreds of gun control laws. I mean, any kind of crime, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter what laws you have in place. A crime is a crime because you're breaking the laws. So if someone wants to commit an act of violence using a gun, they're going to find a way to get a gun. That should be evident. So this problem goes well beyond guns. Guns are not the problem. The problem is the heart and the minds of these individuals. Now, we cannot prevent every act of violence. That is for sure. Evil is always going to be in this world. Evil has been in this world since the dawn of time. But we need to focus on what we can do to prevent as many as possible. And we need to focus again on the heart and the mind of these individuals. We need to try to figure out what happens or what is happening in this, in this spectrum of, of hate, of ideologies that, that just allows, the, allows that, these ideologies and that hate just to fester, we need to figure out why that is happening and then what we can do, you know, mental health treatments, um, you know, what, like, what is the answer? Mental health programs, okay, well, if we have mental health programs, how do we get these individuals identified to then get them into these mental health programs? Do we need to call, expect more action from social media companies to, you know, be flagging content that is posted that is hateful content? And not, I don't mean ang- angry posts or something like that. I mean, you know, true, true threats, that level. Do we need to... Um, you know, rely on family members and friends to to self-report. I'm not I'm not gonna go as far, you know, like like I said, this does not involve guns. So I'm not getting into red flag laws for guns or anything like that. <clears throat> I don't know enough about that. You know, that's kind of a slippery slope, that's my understanding. But when it comes to the individual, to their heart and to their mind, we as the people, their neighbors, their family, their friends need to be waving our hands and alerting authorities if we are suspicious or worried that, you know, they could be dangerous to themselves and to others. 
So how do we, what is the cause of these problems? Is it absent fathers? Is it um, domestic abuse? Is it neglect? Is it an upbringing of violence, like violence in the home? Is it uh, hate in the home? Is it the culture that these people are growing up in? Is it something that happened in their life and then it just triggered something and, you know, kind of just broke them and then they never sought the help that they were supposed to seek. And then it's just festered and grown and grown and grown to the point to where they felt like they can no longer control it. And then they get out, then they go out and um, commit these acts, these heinous acts of violence, taking innocent lives. What can we change within our culture, within our society to prevent this as many times as possible from happening? Is it a lack of religion? Is it a lack of love? Is it a lack of community, friends, family, coworkers? What is causing this hate? Obviously, we have we are fighting a spiritual war against Satan against the devil. And Satan loves to get you into isolation. Loves to get you into isolation and work on you and twist your thoughts, twist your beliefs and change your thinking to evil, to let evil seep in and creep in. And when you are isolated, you don't stand a chance. So maybe that is one way that we tackle this. Maybe that is one way we tackle this these mental health issues that the hate is to be around people. If you keep to yourself, if you're like a recluse and you, you know, just stay in isolation, unless you go on social media, no one is going to know what is actually festering within that house over there, within that boy's house, the 18 year old's house that led him to go do what he wanted to do to, to believe the ideology of that white replacement. No one's going to know what led the New York City subway guy. I mean, he was on YouTube. Yes. So should have, should have done more. I feel like there, and maybe that we do need to expect that from social media companies. In addition to these root causes, you know, like as a, as a second uh, safety net or catch all. But if, if there were no posts on YouTube, because obviously those did not work, but if you're in isolation, no one's going to know what's going on within that man's mind and within his house. <clears throat> to be able to intervene and prevent something like the New York City subway shooting from happening. Same with same thing with the other shootings that happened in this past week out there in Laguna Woods in California and then in Dallas, Texas. And then the man in Wisconsin driving that SUV into the parade crowd. So there is a severe there's a severe stain, a huge stain in the fabric of our culture, of our society that we need to clean up in order to prevent more things like this from happening. We need to spend more time in community. We need to raise our hand, see something, say something. We need to love one another. We need to try to rid our society of this division, of this hate and see one another as 
individuals as human beings and not as threats, not as the enemy. That is what the enemy wants us to see. Wants to see division, hate. Wants to see us turn against our fellow man or fellow woman and act against them. Cause harm to them, whether that is physical or emotional, you know, mental. Taking an innocent life, that is the worst. Those 10 individuals, those 10 black Americans in Buffalo, New York, did not expect anything like that when they went to the grocery store. One of the men that died, he was there to pick up the birthday cake for his son's three-year-old birthday. One of the women that was shot and killed there goes and visits her husband, I believe, daily in a nursing home to care for him. These are tragic stories, and we need to, as a society, figure out what we can do to spread love to one another so that we can reach as many people as possible, and hopefully that is one way we can intervene whether we end up knowing whatever we, whether we know what we did or not, but intervene and spread, shine the light into the darkness of the minds of these people who are filled with, with hate and rage and want to cause harm to other individuals. This goes beyond guns, well beyond guns. We need to address the heart and the mind of every individual and make sure that we are loving one another, speaking up if we see something, getting involved. These are the things that we need to do. It takes a village. It's going to take community. It's going to take purposeful effort. But just in seven days, more than 10 lives have been lost, innocent lives because of hate-filled acts of violence against people who do not deserve it. Now, moving beyond us as individuals and what we can do, what are some of the things that we can, that we from the structures we currently have in place today that we can do to also intervene and prevent acts like these from happening. I think one thing that we can do is, is social media. Social media needs to be notifying law enforcement when they see these acts of violence or the, the susceptibility, not susceptibility, but the potential based on posts, based on uh, anger and threats directed towards individuals or groups of individuals online. And then we need to make sure that the police and law enforcement have the resources that they need to be able to gather that information and act upon that information that is given to them so that it is not just a, a stack on a desk. You know, we need to be able to receive the information. Law enforcement needs to be able to receive the information. They need to be able to process that information. They need to be able to act upon that information. So they're going to need, you know, the resources to do that. Social media needs to do more. It is not their fault for people, you know, they're not responsible for those who posted stuff online and it wasn't seen, 
you know, soon enough or, or reported, it does not fall in the, the feet or the hands of these social media companies. But we need to empower these social media companies, I believe, to report to law enforcement. I mean, that, that just makes sense. I don't, I don't know everything that would be involved in that, you know, like from <clears throat> right to privacy or, or things like that. But I think we need to take a hard look at, you know, being able to use the tools that we have in order to, to prevent acts of violence like this. If it comes up to some constitutionality argument, let's have that argument, let's have that discussion. But we have the tools available to monitor individuals or, you know, to review what individuals post online. If their stuff is public, I mean, it is out there for public consumption. So I don't really see like there be any kind of right to privacy issue. But if there is something like that, we can have that discussion. But we, I don't feel like we can just sit back and let stuff like this continue to happen and, you know, just put our hands up in the air and say, oh, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just kind of let it fix, fix itself because that is, that is not happening. It's again, 25 plus shootings in the last 10 years and 10 years is only 2012. I mean, there are multiple shootings pre 2012. The first one, obviously that really like shook the country. I was in, I think seventh grade was, was Columbine. I believe that was 1998. So we're talking about what in the last for 24 years now, acts, mass shootings like this have been going on. I'm here in Orlando, the Pulse nightclub shooting that was, I think, in 2016. So already six years ago. That was an attack at a gay club here in Orlando. I believe it was 47 people, maybe 49. I'm sorry if I get that wrong were killed in that shooting. Then you have numerous high school shootings that have happened as well over these last 24 years. And we have the ability now, I believe, through social media, but we have to give them the green light. We have to give law enforcement the resources to take on those caseloads and to, to intervene. And then when if someone does, then we need to also have the resources available. If someone does need to have like a psychiatric evaluation, we need to have the mental health resources, the counselors, the, the hospitals, the, um, the treatment centers to be able to support, you know, the, the result of intervening, uh, the, like the intervention of law enforcement. Mental health counseling needs to be funded <clears throat> to be able to, 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 um, to examine these individuals. And then if it is necessary or if someone through whatever kind of previous actions is in jail, we need to take a hard look at what, what, uh, what they did to get there. You know, obviously the, the crime that put them in jail, maybe go back and look at what they were posting online before that, their actions within jail, like, and really consider don't just give like an easy you know an easy early release and <clears throat> and put them on on probation you know on parole we've seen recently with this soft on crime these soft on crime DAs that you know the these repeat offenders the recidivism is continuing to increase and just go go through the roof because they the jails are crowded and they're and they're just releasing people early even though the time has not been served and the lessons have not been learned. 
and it seems like the screenings have not, they're not passing any kind of screening or anything like that that says they're fit to go back into society. So we need to empower these, these industries, these organizations, these companies to be able to do what they need to do to be proactive and preventative to prevent as many future shootings as possible, in my opinion. And if there are any types of infringement on the laws, let's have those conversations and and see where that goes. But we need to put these innocent people first. And then in addition to the resources with law enforcement, mental health, um, jails and and everything, and, and social media companies or what have you, tech companies, we, I believe, you know, we also have to work on the soul and the hearts and the minds of these individuals, as I said in the first half of this episode. So it needs to be a combination. It needs to be utilizing the structures that we have in place in this country. And then also at the same time, looking and working on the hearts and the minds of every individual, not just individuals who are already hurt and hurting, but every individual. So fewer and fewer people go down these paths that lead them to do actions like we have seen over these past seven days, within the past five months, within the past 10 years, within the past 24 years. There is so much more that we can do as a as a country, as a society, as a culture to limit the number of mass shootings that occur. We won't stop all of them. We will not stop all of them. That is the only way that will happen is through divine intervention from our Lord Almighty. But we as Americans need to step in, step up and do what we can do to protect the innocent lives of our fellow Americans and improve the lives of our fellow Americans to prevent any more heinous acts like these from occurring. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at Counterthought Podcast.